This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Two games in and Ipswich Town top the championship. Can we stay there following a trip down to the capital? We'll find out soon. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub. You can catch us every week live on YouTube or after the fact on podcast audio. Tonight we are live. We want to hear from you in the chat, um, but we will be mainly hearing from my good friend, Sebastian Brown. How are you, Seb? I'm all right. Did you not get the research, the, the memo? You're doing the research this week. I've done, I've done nothing. So if you're expecting me to talk, oh well, in, well you can. We're in trouble. Then. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Isn't <laughs> Hello, it great YouTube being... ad revenue, by the way. I've just written <laughs> that straight away. Isn't it great being an Ipswich Town fan at the moment? It's brilliant, isn't it? You know, we yeah. sat here a week ago and we're we're now top of the league, and it's great. It's, I, I can join in conversations at my workplace with kind of a bit of credibility for the first time since I joined the company. You know, they're Liverpool fans and Man City fans talking about success and. In the old days, I was, you know, two leagues down and, and not to be spoken no, to. Okay. I, can, I can I can kind of join in a little bit. It's brilliant being a town fan, isn't it? Yeah, and early on the ITFC highlights, and I have to say, it's not as good this season. It's Last not, week's it? had like 10 minutes of Tom Brady, didn't it? It was, yeah. just... it was about 15 minutes, wasn't it? it yeah, yeah. A, a complete waste with no insight whatsoever. Yeah, I, I missed the old format very much so. But yeah, as you say, it's a good time. I mean, a lot of... Probably the consternation at the moment is transfer window related. That might come up later on. Give us your thoughts maybe about that. Um, shout out to our mate Jacob um, and Ben, who did a video uh, that went out on Tuesday night, I think it was, profiling some left centre-back targets. So give that a look. We'll put that at the end of the video as the video to watch next. Um, but yeah, we might do another one about strikers. It's the window slams shut in a few weeks, doesn't it, Seb? But it's gone ominously quiet, hasn't it? 
It has, but as the guys spoke about on a couple of flagships a couple of weeks ago, Joe, Craig and Ben were saying, you know, you get that lull, then it dies right off while the Premier League squads kind of settle down a little bit and they have to kind of take their own stock and work out who's going to figure and who's not going to figure. And then probably what, when is it? It would be the, the 31st of August, won't it? So I'd imagine from the bank holiday, the bank, Monday bank holiday from the Tuesday, everything will ramp massively up on it as people start to start to finalise things before it slams closed until January and you'll be a happy bunny because sure. no more, no more stupid sky sports in their yellow ties oh. and kind of flog a product that in your mind is, is is made up and doesn't really exist i saw a clip and i don't i think it was on sky saying oh isn't transfer deadline day brilliant for the fans it's like no it's bloody not it's it used to be it's brilliant for you and it's brilliant for agents and everyone else is screwed off by it so there you go run over we are live we are live <laughs> hello to everyone in the chat we will get to you um straight away um hello to bluey no midweek game has done me in. Um, has it done QPR in? We will talk about that later on. But thank goodness for the England's women match. Got to bring it home, surely. And he's already got his 2-0 prediction. Evening to you. Evening to Charlie, who's even had the time to correct a typo there. Evening to Philip. Evening to Alex. Philip's gone for a 3-1. We're getting score predictions in. Later. We will come back to your score predictions later on. Michael down under. I told my Australian boss that we would win 3-1. I assume he meant lionesses, um, and he had to make me a cup of English tea as I won the bet. The <laughs> worst tea ever, I'm sure. Yeah, did he did he stir it with his finger, Michael? No, don't think about that. The wrong evening way to, round, like the evening to see Bass. Um, evening to FBL. Good evening, table toppers. Um, evening, Jules. Uh, it it was just till I die. Evening to Mark. Evening to Gary from Italy in I Blackpool. The the Apple version is it of Blackpool there lakes tomorrow. Enjoy, Gary. Great to have you with us. Neil's here. Rodders, Nick's here as well. Um, Nick, quite rightly pointing out, keep your dodgy ground for us over the years. We will talk about that. Mark, Rich loves the Telegram transfer chat, really. Mark, I can't wait till I can reset it back to match day chat and close it for six days in the week. Uh, if you want to join in transfer nonsense where I check in periodically to make sure people are behaving themselves, two-week free trial of Telegram and then a subscription thereafter, head to bluemondayitfc.co.uk and you can chat with the likes of Mark, who's got excellent opinions on all kinds of things, including, I'm sure, football transfers. Evening to Stephen as well. Thank you, everyone, for joining joining in we will be talking substantively about qpr shortly we'll do a little bit of roundup news wise first thing seb congratulations I, I i've not seen it on social media and if it hasn't happened on social media has it really happened but mikey was um getting married today yeah, so, brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, we. I don't think the first thing he, he does on chat? social media, though. Is he, yeah, is he, how committed is he? Is he dialing in from it, presumably his uh, his evening due to to catch up with the latest ITFC news? No, superb. You know, real congratulations, congratulations. I think I think Mikey's back for the Leeds games. So hopefully, we can catch up with him there and find out how it all went. Bless him. Yeah, we should we should be knee sliding on the dance floor right now, but obviously we, we're fully committed here. But congratulations to Mikey um, and his other half. And yeah, we'll see them very soon, I'm sure. Um, in terms of before we get, as I said, onto QPR worth as as an advocate, certainly uh, said we I deliberately given you asked politely at the start of the show did not ask you about the lionesses but i'm super excited about sunday sunday has got the double header of um england uh in the world cup final against spain on um sunday morning and then in the afternoon 3 p.m it's been adjusted 
ITFC women begin their season away at Cardiff, newly promoted Cardiff. A few injury issues uh, for Joe Sheehan. Blue Wilson still um, a little bit away, time away. Eloise King's got a bit of a back situation. And our own Lucy O'Brien is recovering from a hamstring. And this meant that she's missed summer preseason, but she should be back soon. So really excited about that. Um, Ruby Doe has uh, joined from Arsenal following the, the, the path followed by uh, Freya Godfrey last season from Arsenal on a dual registration. Quite young, but played for Watford last season. So things in a really good good position. Some new recruits, um, very young team. I'm expecting, I'm sure, more deals to get done. Uh, there are still a little bit of uh, gaps here and there in the squad, but really excited to see ITFC women commence their season. If you want to get involved in that, head to um, at ITFC WSC, the Women's Official Sports Club. We'll give you more information. If you're getting into women's football and want to understand more, or give me a shout on Twitter at Ipswich. Um, I'm sure I can point you in the direction. But yeah, first home game for the women is next weekend against Billericay in the determining round of the FA Women's National League Cup. So we'll be back at the AGL then. So that's uh, worth keeping a look out for. Let's head over to QPR. Before we get too far, though, Seb, and I've written this in big letters, so I don't forget to say it. Thank you so much. If you are an opposition supporter here on our channel, uh, we deliberately try to make sure this is as even-handed and respectful as we can do. But we always appreciate opposition supporters giving us their insights, um, even if we go a little bit wrong correcting us as well. We triggered some Stoke fans last week, it's fair to say, Seb. Absolutely inadvertently, and I think perhaps people were getting triggered because they wanted to be triggered. So hello, QPR fans, if you're here. Thank you so much for watching. We are Ipswich Town fans, just to be clear. We've done so much research, but we can only do so much. And therefore, you know your club better than we do. Please give us a break. If you want, if we've gone wrong, enlighten us in the comments. Um, if you're in the live chat as well, um, love to hear from you as well. Uh, but please do it courteously. Uh, we were told in no uncertain terms, Seb, that we should do more homework, and uh, we were we were raking up old graves about Stoke, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think we did it that much, to be honest. We referred to the old land of the Giants and the long balls occasionally, but I think the takeaway was that, you know, in those kind of days were, yeah, that we, they were moving on from those days and the exciting players like Vidigal made it kind of a different new proposition. But for whatever reason, yes, we did we did trigger some fans, so we do apologise for that. Like you said, they will always know their football clubs better than we do. We do the research and we do use stats, it's worth pointing out, to, to back up the research. And yeah, sometimes we will maybe get things wrong or maybe not have the... the, the the kind of hand on things that you guys have so please just update us and let us know and and yeah but to be fair we must say for every triggered stoke fan there was a stoke fan who was very complimentary right, about the, yeah the, the research and stuff so it, it's, I, I think we got it just about right but yeah any qpr fans feel free to go easy on us this week yeah and if you're an ipswich if, if you're in the majority and a, and a town fan what seb and i say is 100 accurate and you don't need to double check it and research it we we, we are always Gospel. correct and spot on let's talk about qpr then seb because uh, the reason for that caveat is now going to become clear because the narrative around qpr is what the hell's going on really obviously a championship staple for quite a while similar situation to us really yeah uh, a few years in the premier league obviously um spent quite a lot to do that but had success and, and it's something that we've not experienced in in our 20 odd years but nevertheless th there's a situation now where everything seems to be unraveling a bit we'll talk about the managerial situation we'll talk about the off-field situation but on the field last season Definitely, there were some question marks and things coming up and the appointment of Ainsworth didn't really change anything. We'll talk obviously about him, someone we know quite well from Wickham and our spelling league one as well. But 
finished last season 20th on 50.6 points above the relegation zone. Home form, pretty lousy as well. 23rd in the home form table, Seb. Talk to us about this end of the season run. And and we'll, as I said, we'll talk about the managerial situation, but tell us about this this run from the 17th of December, as I put it here, or Boxing Day onwards, because it was pretty shambolic, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Like you said, things are starting to unravel a little bit. Go easy on us, QPR fans. Things are starting <laughs> to unravel, and it's kind of all going wrong at the same time. So, so last season, like you said, they mentioned they, they beat Preston away on the 17th of December, and they're doing okay. And then they go on this run of two wins, seven draws, and 11 losses. Now, Gareth Ainsworth is appointed. He's a club legend. Also, he's been there for, I think it was seven, eight years. Had a couple of care, couple of te- caretaker spells in, in, in looking after the club. And, and he cannot influence any kind of real form. And they, they managed to stay up, like you say, finish on 20, 20, uh, 20th on 50 points, six points clear of relegation. But that pretty much only happens because they beat Burnley, who were pretty much hung over. Imagine us at Fleetwood times, times 10. They were hung over following their promotion. They beat Stoke as well. So they won two out of the last three games of the season to kind of get themselves across the line. And then I guess if they were hoping for a, a summer reset or, you know, looking to, to to really kind of push on this year, it just simply hasn't happened with some various off-field issues and stuff. So the back end of last season was pretty much disastrous for them. We've moaned in the past about the lack of a new manager bounce when Lambert came in, when Paul Cook came in. You know, McKenna's completely different, but those two guys, we saw absolutely nothing in terms of on-pitch improvements. And it's fair to say that's exactly what they experienced last year when Ainsworth came in. And it was only those two wins in the last three that really got them across the line and stop them falling into League One. Yeah, there's a 6-1 defeat to relegated or to be relegated Blackpool with Mick McCarthy in charge. That jumped out to me as a pretty alarming situation there. But as you say, able to get those back-to-back wins. Once again, one one against on the beach, Burnley, yeah. would you say? Um, still in the nightclub, Burnley. Still at the bar, Burnley, I think. And then oh, Stoke, I think Stoke, we did Stoke last week. I think Careful. they lost their last five. Careful. No, that's a fact. I think they lost their last five last season. Um, so they weren't in great form either. So it was a kind of a battle of two clubs stinking out the place toward, in the penultimate game of last year. Yeah, so there's there's already this negative trajectory yeah. that we talked about in terms of the end of last season. A lot of it is... is, is circumstances that maybe aren't necessarily in their control. There's this managerial merry-go-round last season. Michael Beale is appointed in June last year and he has a really positive start actually to does the well. season, doesn't he? Yeah, it and does then, well. And so. then he disappears off. Talk to us about yeah. the kind of convey about, and there's lots of weird kind of Steve and Gerard Rangers type linkages <laughs> in there as well. Talk to us about the managerial situation. I see we obviously mentioned Ainsworth is the incumbent, but there was some jiggery pokery before him, wasn't there? Yeah. So it's a mess. So any club that has, that fires two man or loses two managers in a season is kind of going to be in trouble. So yeah, he takes over. Um, sorry, Michael Beale takes over in the summer of 2022. Does okay one point they're sitting top of the league he's linked with Wolves um, when uh, whoever it was left there I can't remember it was now um, the Portuguese manager left there but he kind of turned it down in the October time he was the ex-assistant manager to with Steven Gerrard up at Rangers and they approached him in November and obviously he goes back up to, to Scotland to look after Rangers uh, and at that point they were they were okay they were seventh they'd been top of the league they went five games without a win so they did slide down the table to seventh but I'd imagine you know most QPR fans at that point would have been absolutely delighted with being seventh in the league in kind of November time looking to push on towards the opening of the January window. Neil Critchley comes in. He left. Obviously, he took Blackpool up uh, the year we were down there in the 2020, the COVID season, 2020-2021. He then made that weird decision to kind of step down and go back to Aston Villa, didn't he? As one of Gerard's, 
coaching team. Yeah, as one of Steven Gerrard's coaching team, Gerrard gets fired from Villa, which means Critchley's after a job again, and he goes in to replace uh, Michael Beale and seemed a decent appointment. You know, a very good manager at Black, uh, Blackpool, up and coming, but he simply cannot get them going at all. You're talking Paul Hurst levels of win percentages there. I think he won one in 12. So unsurprisingly, they dispense of him pretty quickly. And that's when the phone call goes out to Ainsworth in kind of mid to late February. Just as Wickham was starting to look okay, if I remember rightly, I think we were a bit concerned about... It was the time when we were thinking we're going to finish third if Wickham were to gate crash sixth. That's going to be a, that's gonna be a horrible... A horrible uh, playoff semi so they put the call into him as a you know former club legend been there for seven eight years in the early to, to, to sort of early 2000s 2010 but he cannot affect any change whatsoever so three managers in a in a 12 month period one leaves with the worst winning percentage ever Ainsworth isn't much better I guess the only person who could kind of hold their head high last season from managerial point of view is Beale who did well and moved up to Rangers yeah so I kind of has this feeling of Ipswich Town 2018 19 really yeah. about it for me i think fpl has kind of alluded to it here about is it a surprise there wasn't a big clear out with ainsworth getting in this type of play we'll talk about the recruitment in a bit but it does feel like there's three managers worth of well certainly at least two managers worth of recruitment there Pro- probably prior, four though yeah i was Mark gonna say Warburton. it goes further back than that yeah plus you've got les Ferdinand, director of football who i assume has quite an active role in the recruitment as well so you know, it's very similar to the situation we had with with Mick, then Paul Hurst, then Paul Lambert. It it takes a while for a manager to stamp their mark on a squad, and you have to wait for these stupid transfer windows uh, to do it. <laughs> I remember the good old days where you could sign players all season until about February March time, like we did with Marcus Stewart. But nevertheless, that's the situation. Then this churn of managers, the the kind of the home form not being great, and that doesn't well with the supporter fan you know the fan base is is upset because the only time they see their team is they're going to lose um and then off the field Seb I'm going to let you talk through this um we'll make sure you caveat this with any legal disclaimers that we need to talk about but there's some off field financial stuff as well isn't there yeah, so the, obviously uh, when you appoint Gareth Ainsworth, I guess you kind of expect, like FPL said, you go out in the summer and you recruit players to play how he wants to play the game. We know from our various meetings over the last three or four years exactly how he wants to play the game. He's going to want experienced center half. He's going to want a unit up front, and it's going to be kind of low, 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 low percentage football where you're going to be scrapping for set pieces and throw-ins and that kind of stuff. The issue they've got is the off-field issues have completely negated any kind of transfer splurge and they've had to sell assets this summer to kind of i don't know if it's to bring them in with ffp uh, guidelines but they've certainly not spent a penny this year and had to move people on so there's a bit of upheaval sort of at boardroom level tony fernandez one of the co-owners sells all his shares in june and decides to move on he'd been there since i think it was 2011 or so so you're talking a very experienced person who moves on les ferdinand who you previously mentioned the uh, director of football club been there for eight well. years club legend as well yeah i think yeah. he got a lot of stick though for some of the transfers and some yeah. of the managerial appointments I hate he, it when that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He resigns. He moves on. So they lose their kind of you know most experienced owner from the last eleven years. They lose their director of football from the last eight years. And then last May, uh, last March, uh, these six months ago, these accounts come out covering the period 2021-2022, and it's a mess. They, they lose nearly twenty-five million quid, which works out at a loss of four hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds a week. To put it in some context, the year before they lost four million quid. So it's a huge loss year on year. Now. 
now a lot of that is because in the second half of 2020-2021 they had a really good run under Warburton Mark Warburton was the manager they kind of finished just outside the playoffs they make some big signings the likes of Charlie Austin and Stephen Johansson they really look to go for it and it doesn't work they don't do any player trading they don't sell a player and it's now finally caught up with them and that's why they are unable now to go out and bring in the kind of players and pay maybe some fees for the kind of players that Angels would like to to get this squad molded in his own image and their hands are just completely hamstrung by these you know previous kind of financial dealings and stuff so you've got the on-field issues where Angels is really struggling to get his, his methods across you've got an unhappy home base given the poor home form last season and you've got upheaval at um, at sort of boardroom level with the director of football moving on and the co-owner moving on so it's a perfect storm you use the, the phrase unraveling at the start of the show and that seems to be what's happening every year area of the club at the moment is kind of unraveling not a happy home life it was just you set that up Seb I had I had to do it <laughs> and yet football doesn't stop so we've, we're on the kind of the new season you know the churn the the, the Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday or Wednesday in QPR's in a case doesn't stop and you know realistically we were expecting them to struggle because of all of this stuff wasn't it and yeah 16th uh, it's probably a fair expectation. You're two games in. We can't read a huge amount into that. Absolutely battered opening day, uh, 4-0 down at halftime against Watford. And Was it 1-0 after 30 seconds it or something? It was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But they arrested... We'll talk more about this kind of Cardiff win last week in a bit more detail and how it relates to how Ainsworth might set them up and certain key players as well shortly. So... I guess there's a win on the board for Ainsworth, which you know was something that he struggled when he when he um, joined the club, and uh, you know we, we're always going to kind of give you guys the kind of the overview of the situation when when Ipswich Town rock up. Overall, our record, as with all the teams, Sunderland and Stoke we've played is pretty even, isn't it? Thirty wins each and and nineteen draws. But Seb, the record that we have there, particularly of late and at Loftus Road, it doesn't is not much to write home about, is it? But our record at Sunderland was crap as well, and let's be honest. So it, it doesn't hold that much fear, as it perhaps one do. Yeah, our There's record. There's a big gap, at, isn't there? There's like four years. Yeah, isn't there? a lot has changed. Yeah, I mean, we've both won. We've we've met kind of what 80, 79 times. Something we've both won thirty each and drawn nineteen games. We've not beat them in the last five games home and away. Our last win was in February two thousand and ten. We won two one. David Norris and Daryl Murphy scored the goals last week. I threw a, uh, a team selection at you Don't from the relegation season. Can you name? let's say well you've got two names there can you name another five from no. the starting 11 that night no probably not 2010 yeah uh, so it's Roy Keane's first Barrett? season yeah no. he was the keeper yeah was he? there you go I'm trying to remember the team that got tonged by Norwich was Damien Delaney at centre-back yep XQPR yep. obviously or went yep. on to QPR didn't he or no yeah XQPR he was um wow McCauley yep well you're oh, doing better than I thought you would hey. um was one there a player, one player is, is involved still Andre Dazelle? No, no obviously not. He'd have been seven. No. One player is still involved at Ipswich, or no, at no. the other end of QPR. But he no. played for he played for Ipswich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think now. I've uh, help me out in the chat, folks. We've got Jamie Peters offered up by. Yeah, he was D. the right back. Yep. Nice. Uh, Colback. There he John. is. He pl- it looks like he played left back for us on the evening. So you've got the defence. Norris, you've already got from from centre mid. Yeah, it was a four-three-three. If that helps, so you need two more central midfielders, and then the throw. Well, you've got Daryl Murphy, so you need the other two attacking players. 
Was Murphy on loan? I guess he probably was at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. Too. One of his yeah, many I'm, perennial loans. I'm going to need more clues unless folk in the chat need to help me out here. I, I, people on the on the listening on the podcast, it's like um, Two Little Ducks, isn't it? Or, or the olden days when we had games. It's like, you're so stupid, Rich. Um, <laughs> chop for someone says. Charlie says Chop, bro. What no. was FBI? Yes, he was the right oh, side yeah. of the front three. So Murphy was the left side. What was with the front side? So I put you out of your misery? Yeah. Pablo Lee Martin? was the no. central striker. Pablo was central central striker, and the other central the other midfielders were Ledbitter and Owen Garvin. I've put this era out of my head. Well, do you know what? When we win that game, we move on. This is late February, I think it was. We move on to thirty three points. We were in the relegation zone before kickoff. That's how bad that season was. Roy Keane was appointed nine months. Sober, didn't we? Yeah, Roy Keane was appointed nine months earlier, and we were all so so excited, and it all went horribly wrong. So it was quite an important victory. That the the geo effect. The reason I keep talking about the kind of narrative around our 2018-19 team is because I wanted to remind you of, well, you've put it in the script and I've, I've supplemented it. Our last um, last match against between town and QPR was a 3-0 QPR win on boxing now in 2018. But do you, were you at Portman Road in October when they beat us 2-0? That was a no. real low ebb. Gherkin no. let a corner go loop under the bar and in. Was that and after an international break? I think possibly. Just, I think we had we, we just, just with beaten, Norwich. I think we'd just beaten Swansea actually. That's it. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, I think yeah, it was after international break, and we were kind of excited to see yeah, what we might see. And that, was, and that was the end result. That was yeah. the turd that Paul Hurst served <laughs> yeah. up for us. So yeah. Gherkin let a corner in, and NCR yeah. La fouled. Um, Eze was playing for them at the time to yeah. concede a penalty, but loft for words. Who have uh, or, or definitely recommend checking out Loft Words. Keep yeah, it off on the site. Yeah, uh, they they quoted <laughs> here's some quotes. Ipswich were described as the eye-poppingly abysmal standard of the opposition and Toto's situation with the penalty. Uh, poor Toto. He's much better. At, he's improved, isn't he, since these days? But with Toto Enciala at centre back for the hosts, looking like he could be confused for hours by somebody waving a shiny piece of paper around. I reckon Rangers could have picked anybody out of the crowd and caused Ipswich problems. He's got a touch like my shed. <laughs> uh, so that takes you back to the last time we played QPR where they doubled us. But things are more positive now. Let's talk about this Cardiff. I've, I've threatened to talk about this Cardiff win last week. There's some mitigating circumstances with the goals, perhaps, but some really good things that QPR can take, Ainsworth can take out of this game that bodes well for Saturday, isn't there, Seb? Yeah, massive, crucial win for them, wasn't it? Obviously, he comes off the back of the hammering by Watford on the first day of the season, and Ainsworth comes out after the game, first day of the year season, and he's already talking about safety, and it's going to be a struggle, and we've had heated discussions in the dressing room, that kind of stuff. So beating Cardiff was a, was a huge result for them. It's, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as a smash and grab, having watched all of the kind of the goals back and stuff, but they certainly rode their luck at times. It was very poor defending for both goals that QPR managed to score. Aaron Ramsey is robbed in possession for one of them, and Paul Smythe, the, the right fullback kind of squares for Sinclair Armstrong, who we'll discuss a little bit later on. We go through their threats to kind of tap home his first goal, and then they... they Cardiff do hit the bar a couple of times and well, QPR walk away with 35% possession. So poor defending for the second goal as well. A centre-half commits on Armstrong and he just doesn't make the doesn't make the tackle. Armstrong's through and can pull the ball, ball back to the left-back who's in acres of space to fire home. So the XG, the possession, the shots were all in Cardiff's favour. But 
as Mick always used to say, you know, the, the, the numbers in the top corner of the screen are more important than the statistics. So that's a big, big win for Ainsworth. And it, it came off the back of a change as well of a formation, which we'll discuss as well. You know, he kind of held his hands up after Watford, said to the fans, that's completely on me. I set us up to do a, uh, to do a job against Watford and it went completely wrong. So he kind of moved away from that maybe more traditional Gareth Ainsworth, Wickham, direct long ball side that we know and tried to evolve things a little bit against Cardiff with a formation change and trying to get some more kind of creative players on the ball and doing certain things tactically and it kind of reaped the rewards for them. Yeah, maybe a little bit more direct and definitely trying to find that threat out wide, isn't there? We'll talk about, as you said, about Sinclair Armstrong shortly. You know, a few really good comments here. Philip Blundell kind of tipped to struggle too, so battle of the basemen, the QPR one. I guess we shouldn't read, you know, it's not as if they beat a Leicester or a Southampton, but, yeah. you know, those are the kind of wins that you desperately need, those kind of six-pointers at early doors with everyone expecting Cardiff maybe to struggle. So that's a fair point. And as Mark says, you know, very Ainsworthy win. Yeah. You know, I think they're starting to see that. You know, we, we were expecting, can Ainsworth stamp his, sit? you know, his his way on this on this team? It's very difficult, but feels like things may be starting to click into gear. Obviously, midweek, and this is a kind of a, a consumer advice for anyone traveling to the game and, and attending on, on Saturday. Do make sure your jabs are up to date. Norwich were in <laughs> town on Wednesday. Um, I don't know whether they've disinfected the seats or what have you, so just be be careful about that. But Norwich went ran out late 1-0 winners in a, in a League Cup delayed league cup tie i think qpr they've had a pitch renovation pitch that's well. yeah they were away the first two league games of the season away to watford away to cardiff because they've had a pitch renovation that's why it was delayed from last week and that's why this is their first home game of the season yeah so uh, a slight tweak of the formation i think a lot of people were debating was it a three four three to me a little like a back five yeah and what's more you had andre dizel who was one of the one of four only for one of four players who made it from the cardiff team who was sitting very deep as well so kind of andre design the kind of quarterback role if you want and spraying those passes that we know he's capable of as well but you know it looked like a pretty tepid game didn't it it'll be i think norwich probably had the better of the stats didn't they seven maybe the one nil win probably justified perhaps I think so, yeah. When I watched the highlights of it earlier, I mean, some of the chances in the first couple of couple of minutes of the highlights were, uh, I was thinking, if this is the quality you're showing, it can't have been a very good game at all. Like you say, you used it for kind of squad rotation. Only four of the team that started against Cardiff came in, so it will revert back to type for us visiting there on Saturday. But he, he stuck with this kind of five slash three at the back, in and out of possession. And the big feature last night was the loss, obviously, of Dykes, Landon Dykes. He'd been kind of playing as a, we know him as a kind of a powerful out-and-out striker. And in when they were in possession against Cardiff, he was pushed right up alongside Sinclair Armstrong. And then out of position, he would kind of drop almost into the... Do you remember when Johnny Walters would play on the right-hand side and we would launch the ball on a diagonal for him <laughs> to kind of flick it on to the fullback getting in advance or the strikers? He kind of played that role, but he went off last night. Ainsworth was positive after the game, saying he might have a chance for, for Saturday, but it looked an awful, awful challenge and a bad injury. So I'd, I'd, be, I'd be amazed if he featured against us at the weekend. Yeah, and there's a few players, particularly in centre back, we'll talk about that, who are, are injured as well. So that's that's the kind of situation, folks. We 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 can talk very briefly about Gareth Ainsworth. Um, Rod is saying did the keeper go off for concussion as well? Not sure whether there was obviously a lot of young players brought in, and as HCA's, I think he said four debuts there. You yeah, go. they ended with four. Not debuts young players, you know, and that's the great thing about QPR. I know Les Ferdinand's going to be much maligned, but there's always the conveyor belt of young talent that comes through there. So. 
that was a positive. Obviously, Sinclair Armstrong, I know, is recruited from from the Irish League, but you know, they've nurtured him as well. So that's something that keep you do really well. Let's talk about Gareth Ainsworth very briefly, Seb, because you know someone that Ipswich Town fans know very well. Yeah. Him and McKenna was a you know a very interesting situation, both with a with a win each yep. against each other, or one nil win at that as well. I think it was. Yeah, you know, in terms of his stats at QPR, we kind of talked through that. I don't think we need to give it much. But is is Gareth? Here's a question for you: Is Gareth Ainsworth maybe unfairly maligned as maybe a, a long ball or a you know rough and tumble type tactician? Whenever I've heard him as a pundit on Sky Sports, I think he's quite astute, and maybe yep. there's a little bit of cutting your cloth accordingly kind of thing. Yeah. I know QPR is a very different situation with the resources, but at Wickham obviously punched well above their weight, didn't they, in terms of the rest of the division. And he's, got, he's to be respected, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, as a pundit, he always comes across as tactically astute and quite eloquent. And, you know, we've seen the videos where he kind of, he's described as an excellent kind of man manager. I think at Wickham, he just simply dealt the hand, he played the hand he was dealt. You know, he had no money there pretty much whatsoever. It worked for them, managed to get them up into the uh, into the championship, obviously, and just about, you know, they got relegated, but they put up a decent a decent fist of it. And I guess at QPR, if, if, if a club that you've been at for a certain amount of time rings you up to go and rescue them and they're a division above, you probably do move there looking to kind of influence something. And he probably thought he could go in there and influence some change and see them across the line before a rebuilding job in the summer. But, you know, with the, with the financial issues they've got, he's not going to be backed in terms of spending money. So he has to again work with what he's got and they've got a few flair players you know we saw at Wickham he kind of built the side around Mametti for the first half of last season before he went off to Bristol City so he doesn't mind having a flair player in there but you know the vast majority of the side are going to be yeah pragmatic hard working they're going to play low percentage football it's going to be throw-ins the ball's going to be in play for less than any other time of the season they're going to be in your face and aggressive and it's generally not going to be a nice game of football to watch. Yeah, and, and Mark has said here, Ainsworth almost offensively positive about a home defeat and a potential injury to a key player. There's there's also a bit of charisma. Brand. It's there's, not going to be yeah. everyone's cup of tea, is it? Let's be honest. But that is important. I, I think some of the, the, con, the social media content QPR put out when he joined looked a bit. There was a hacker and stuff, wasn't there? And he, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, a little bit of cheese. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really come across. He brought them in to try and inspire the players. And I think that weekend they went out and probably lost again, so it didn't work. But by all accounts, you know, we, we did the 124 with Gab. I think we both predicted them for the bottom three, uh, for the bottom, you know, being relegated this being relegated this season. Uh, <laughs> Gab said he was a, you know, he was an excellent man, motivator. But you and Back me on just the bottle. You and, you and I hate you so much. You and me just couldn't really see where he was going to be able to be backed to get his kind of points across. And that's exactly how it's turned out. And with a few days, oh, well, we've got 10 days now at the end of the window. They're not going to go out and spend anything. So he's going to have to work with, with what he's got. The, the worry is they lose some of those flair players. We'll come on to in a minute. And that makes the job even harder, doesn't it? Yeah, look it up in your contract. Let's look at the key arrivals then, <laughs> because there's definitely <laughs> Charlie D. You're a dosser and a dwarf. <laughs> you just went very American all of a sudden, Sam. So, I know you've been on holiday there, so we have to yeah. give him a pass, folks. He's still reacclimatizing. It's 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 twenty it's twenty thirty two on Thursday, the seventeenth of August. Anyway, away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. 
NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Signing Seb, all very much of a similar kind of nature. Two names that I'd pick out for you. Uh, not that you need him. We talked already talked about Jack Colback, utility player. Obviously, a lot of experience. That's a good signing. Will be probably going to take some time to get up to speed. Steve Cook um, signed from Forest. Yeah, really important. They get that defensive organisation, and he's a really big signing. But there's a lot of names. There's another exit ITFC name in there as well, isn't there? Talk us through that and the departures, and then we'll talk about Chair and Willock. Yeah, so it's all freeze this summer, not spent a penny. So Asmir Begovic, the ex-ITFC loanee for, it must have been that same season as as the, the QPR victory we discussed a few minutes ago. Did he play half a dozen games for us? We had Richard Wright, we had Asmir Begovic, and we had Brian Murphy, I think, at one point in that season. So he also played uh, QPR, as we were told he, early in the chat. Yes, he went there in, uh, from Everton on a free transfer, 36-year-olds, now ridiculous amount of experience, nearly 250 Premier League appearances. Morgan Fox joined from Stoke, centre-back. Steve Cook, the one you mentioned, obviously ex-Bournemouth and ex-Nottingham Forest, hasn't really played. I think he was left out of Forest's squad in the second half of last season because they went out and signed 92 players. Um, so hasn't really featured, but brings a wealth of experience at this level from his time at, at Bournemouth and getting Forest over the line. Jack Colback, utility player, like you say, he won't be he won't be featuring. Uh, Paul Smythe is kind of a right winger who's been reinvented, uh, re- repurposed as a right wing back in this new three at the back formation. He's coming from Leighton Orient. That, that, that would kind of seem to be a bit of decent business. You know, you're getting an up and comer from the lower leagues, apart from the fact that QPR released him two years ago. So two years ago, they let him go and they've had, they've had to bring him back in. And that, they're the kind of the, the headline arrival. So it's, it's experience. It's not cost anything. And I guess if you think of a Gareth Ainsworth side, you're going to think of the likes of Morgan Fox, Steve Cook, Jack Colback being very committed in central midfield you know it kind of reeks of him trying to influence his uh, his, his way on the team and the departures like we said earlier they've had to bring in some money so Senny Diang the goalkeeper has gone to Borough for a couple of million quid Rob Dickey a centre-back has gone to Bristol City for about 700 grand or so they've lost some experience Chris Martin Stefan Johansson Leon Balligan they've all kind of departed and, and, and moved on and I guess their two only really sellable assets are Elias Chair and Chris Willock Chair's kind of featured in both games so far this season and linked with the Premier League 
in recent years and linked with Leicester uh, as recently as James Madison moving on, but he's still there at the moment. And Willock's kind of had this, there's a kind of, if you go, if you go on the loft for words kind of forums and stuff there, they're not really sure what's going on with, with Willock. You know, I think he might have said he wants to move on in the past and he's he's barely featured so far this season. And it's a it's a Paul Lambert, it's a it's a sore one in training. There's no real in-depth kind of knowledge about the, the issues with him, but he might well come back in and feature this uh, this weekend given Dykes is probably going to be out. Yeah, I think of the, of the two, they'd let Willock go in there to try and keep chair. So we shall see, but money talks, doesn't it? Let's talk about the the existing squad. We've kind of dealt with the, with the strategy, the tactics. I think at this stage, it's probably more more about the style of play rather than the formation that um, he can deploy. Obviously, you, we mentioned 4 2 against Watford, 5-4-1-3-5-2, and then a 3-4-3 midweek. So I don't think there's a huge amount we can read into it. Obviously, defensive absentees might legislate a back two perhaps rather than a back three but I think it's probably more more useful for us to talk about the players who are there we've talked about Sheb we've talked about Willock Begovic Smythe um, talk to me about Sinclair Armstrong give us a bit more details on him youngster just breaking through really maybe a little bit raw but obviously yeah. made a big impression last week he did, yeah. So he's got a goal and an assist against Cardiff. Scored the opening goal and got the assist for the second goal. Um, they recruited him three years ago, summer of 2020 from Shamrock Rovers. He's kind of had loan spells out at Aldershot and Torquay in the National League, kind of learning his trade and stuff. And this season, he's got his, you know, he's got his, he's got his chance, and he has taken it so far. You know, he kind of plays as the the focal striker. I think it'll be a back three again, and I think they'll play Smythe as the right wing back to stay high and wide to keep Davis push back, which means that Armstrong is going to be the focal point in that formation. It's going to to him to to hold the ball up he's a bit of a fan favorite a bit of a cult hero but loft for words did describe him as being much better when it's purely instinctive if he has to think about it apparently he's got a bit of a problem so he's by far at his best where he can be reactive in the box and and kind of land on things and look to get shots off quickly if, he, if he's through one-on-one and takes his time that's when he starts to struggle a little bit yeah 20 year old strikers tend to do that i mean great yeah. stories he scored obviously his first goal last week and gave the shirt to a fan at full time who then and then made contact with him during the week to offer the shirt back because it was first. And then um, Armstrong said, no, you keep it. And the exchange was put up on Twitter for everyone to see. So obviously a good attitude there as well. So yeah. we, we like those kind of players, don't we, at our club? So good on him for that. Do you want to talk to us about Andre Dizel, Seb? Because again, yeah. maybe a name that's going to divide people, but you know, certainly from my perspective, inherently a very intelligent footballer you know able to spot things and deploy things and execute passes that a lot of players can't yep. but it's that consistency maybe that's the question mark it is, yeah. I mean, he left us two summers ago now, so 2021 he moves on. He's only made 37 starts in the last two years for QPR. No goals, one assist. I can't comment if his uh, corn taking has improved at all. And I guess I worry for him a little bit because he's not going to be a Gareth Ainsworth type of central midfielder, is he? I assume when Jack Colback is fit, he'll play Sam Field and Jack Colback in midfield. And I just wonder where Dazelle kind of finds himself at that point. He's not really pushed on or kicked on since he went there and I just I just worry with that kind of manager a kind of you know classy ball playing central midfielder who likes to drop deep and thread the eye of the needle past the strikers isn't going to be what Ainsworth wants so I would worry about him moving forward yeah he's, he's and, he, and he's certainly divided opinion at QPR and our, our friends at Loft for Words have, have had a lot of you know things to say about Andre Desire as well not, yeah. not all positive but yeah it's a shame really um, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily a fit there, but yeah, it's not, it's not like I'm saying sign him back here, but you, it's a shame when a player with, who's, you know, it's just instinct, isn't it? It's, you know, being able to spot a pass and 
thread it through is kind of is, is foresight, isn't it? And it's yeah. you could say it's DNA, isn't it, from his dad? But yeah, it, at this level, you need to do more than that, don't you? And you, you need do, to, yeah. goal contributions are for midfielder. I need to be much bigger. And you, if you're not going to make goal contributions, then you need to be more physical and you need to be breaking up play and getting the opposition's face. And it doesn't feel like on either of those counts, he's contributing enough perhaps that's what i was about to say yeah we've seen with morsey and luongo the importance of that physicality in central midfield to really win that battle and then allow your kind of wide players and attacking players and flair players to do their thing and he just simply hasn't got that level of physicality in his game has he i think i think he could certainly do a job for a more kind of you know a, a ball playing manager who wants to maybe look to build the side around him in midfield and look to use his range of passing a bit like you know lee evans can spray those balls out wide and stuff dezel has got that in his locker but under ainsworth that's not going to happen and, and probably if we're being brutal honest not a championship level either you might have to take a you know a step back a little bit when it's i'm not sure i think it was a three-year deal he signed i think he's going into the last year of his contract and i'd be amazed if he was still there last year especially if ainsworth is still there yeah a lot of debate in the chat about formation i mean you're you're i think a back three seems to be the way to go i there, think i think it will I, be given the was, people they're missing i was reading a really interesting it was by a qpr analyst account i think on twitter that sort of lee carsley did this a lot for the england under 20s yep. in the world cup that you know, positions don't really matter. I think Ainsworth, having looked at the the player position map for the Cardiff and the Norwich game, there's a lot of spread here. So, you know, I, I'm going to stick with it. I might be wrong here that, you know, the formation might be important at kickoff, but, I, you know, obviously a defender's going to play in defence, but similarly, I think there will be some fluidity there and it'll be interesting, you know, get your thoughts on, on how does Ainsworth approach this? I know that Ben and Sam Parkin were talking about this just before on Ben's show. You know, if you're Ainsworth, do you destroy or do you try and come up with a strategy to get around Kieran McKenna's team? And obviously, you know, the last two matches in the league, we've had less possession than the opposition. It'll be interesting to see whether that stat reverses Seb do you want to give us your final insights there's, there's some players missing um I think we've dealt with most of that haven't we anyone we have yeah they've got there? a few they've got a couple of injuries that's why they've brought in the players at the back during the week so Jack Colback's not ready to start after barely featuring for Forest since about sort of late March time Jimmy Dunn they lost 5-0 in their last preseason game to Oxford in the in pre-season th- got thrashed by Oxford he got injured he's not featured since Jake Clark Salter is still injured so it, it's not a big squad and they are kind of down to the, the, the bare bones at the back already Let's yeah. Any any more you want to say on QPR? We talked about them for quite some time now, haven't we? So yeah, no. Just the, the some of the stats. We 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 we've kind of gone less on stats this season, but the stats are pretty damning. Albeit with the caveat, we're only two games into the season, so their thirty two percent possession is twenty second in the league so far. Their passing accuracy is rubbish, sixty five percent, which is twenty third in the league. Five shots per game is bottom of the league. They've conceded nineteen shots in the first two games, which is the second highest in the league. They're not tackling enough. Only eleven tackles per game is twenty third. Uh, and their 79 long balls per game is the second highest and they are 21st for short passing. So although Ainsworth might be trying to change things, the stats would suggest that we can expect very much some of the old Wickham style football at the weekend. And if you're a QPR fan who's watching the show after the fact, yes, we are aware that that is a two game sample size. So we're not reading a huge amount into no. those stats, but it gives you an indication nevertheless. Uh, we've already got some thoughts on how Ipswich might line up for this one. Obviously not a huge amount of debate here, but give your thoughts on on that and anything else Ipswich Town related. We've got plenty of time for a bit of Q&A if you want to give that or some perspectives. We'll do predictions later on as well, but I mean, it's very difficult to change a team that's top of the league, isn't it, Seb? You don't change it, do you? I know Clark's back and available. Danassian's done the pre-match he? presser. I don't well, know who yeah. to believe. <laughs> 
Are you are you saying McKenna's playing mind games? I don't no, know. I think, he said he's available for selection. Didn't say he would start. I don't think he, I don't think he will start. I don't think you change the side, do you? You play the same side as as, as Sunderland and, and and Stoke. You know, Clanky obviously with keeper and Danassian's done really well. I think in the first two games and yeah, if Chair plays on the left of the three behind the kind of the central striker, then I think I'd be happy with Danassian at right, a kind of right full back, right wing back. You know, he's a great one on one defender and he can occupy him quite easily. I think and just you don't change a winning side. Nothing, nothing will change. Nope. I don't think from our point of view. Clark might come back onto the bench, maybe. Edmondson might come back onto the bench if he's training well again, but you certainly don't change the starting level unless you're, unless you're forced to. And, and how do you see the game panning out? That's the key question. I know it's difficult to answer that one, Seb. As I said, we, we've not had the lion's share of the possession in either of the two games we've had. Obviously, more against Stoke. Away team as well. What are you expecting a game similar to Sunderland, or is this going to be an entirely different experience? No, this will this will be like the first. Be. Yeah, this will be the first time this season we've had more possession than the opposition, isn't it? You know, we okay. didn't have. I was surprised against Stoke, but surely on the weekend we'll have the lion's share of possession. Ainsworth sides do not do possession, do they? You know, it's a he's got to kind of work out, like you said earlier, with Ben and Sam Park in talking about it. What does he do? Does he look to disrupt us as he has done for Wickham in the past quite effectively? You know, that game when we lost to just oh. before was it the weekend before Christmas was that. Probably our worst performance of last season. Yeah, I with just like, uh, with absolute dominance on the stats, which I know people get pissed off about. But in every other metric apart from the scoreline, we bossed that game, didn't we? Yeah, and they did and have had some really unfortunate to... moments too. And did well. They didn't have to do much to score the goal, did they? It was just Correct. strong Correct. against, yeah, strong against the fullback, strong against uh, against Burgess. So he has had success doing that kind of stuff in the past. Does he maybe look to, to kind of, you know, appease the fans? And if they can put in a, a gritty kind of performance, even if they were to go down one, a bit like last night, if they can put in a gritty performance and show signs of encouragement, he can then obviously come out after the game and say he's proud like he did last night. And it kind of gives him a little bit more credibility. He certainly won't look to take us on because if he does that, you know, we'll take them to the cleaners. So I think it'll be more of the Wickham style, disrupt, destroy, you know, <laughs> keep the ball in play for as little as you can kind of look to really get in and in, in our faces and be aggressive because he's got a track record of doing that against us. And it has worked in the past. Might still be fun though. So you never know <laughs> some questions. Uh, Louie, hello to you. Um, I'm a tad worried. Our good start has hidden our depth issues. If Hurst and Burgess get injured, I think we're in trouble. Is this a shared view? I think so. I think if you ask ITFC fans right now, where do we need to strengthen positions? They would all say attacking options and a centre-back, preferably a left-sided one. We know they've gone out and tried to get left-sided centre-backs with McNally going to going to Stoke. So it's an area they want to improve upon. The, the drop-off down, I guess, from Ed, from Burgess to Edmondson and from Hurst to Ladapo would be considerable. But we've still got nearly two weeks of the of the window left now. So there's no reason why we can't expect some business to, to still occur. But you could say that about anywhere on the, on the pitch. You know, if we lost... Connor Chaplin, that would be a bit of a drop-off if, if Marcus Harness were to come in. We have an exceptional first eleven. We do still do have a, a strong squad. It just needs a little bit of fine-tuning in a couple of areas, I think. Okay. Mark asks us about Clark coming straight back in. I think we've answered that. You're expecting unchanged, are you? Just I would confirm. think, so. I, yeah. I, you, why would you change it? You wouldn't, would you? Clark, if he's being managed, I'd, I'd be amazed if he were to start the game. Danassian's done the pre-match presser, unless he's going to play some some mind games, like you said, and really look to to kind of fool Ainsworth and bring Clark straight back in. I'd expect Clark maybe to be on the bench, maybe get a, a, a run out if we're doing okay, and look to start him against Reading in a few weeks' time. Yeah, there you go. The, uh, skip agreeing with you there. Um, what else have we got? Um, yeah, interesting. Who's going out from the club? McKenna's saying outs as well as ins, asks HGH. Edwards, we know, 
Bag Humphreys alone, but anyone else? Well, we know obviously Humphreys and Bagger, the two Edwards is the one, isn't it, who we know about. And I guess we've still got this raft of central midfielders, haven't we? Would you be that surprised if a, a Lee Evans were to move on just before the uh, just before the, the window closes? You know, if you look at our central midfield positions, you're playing for two positions. You've got Morsey and Luongo kind of nailed on at the moment. Then you've got Claire Taylor, who you've spent what, one point five million quid on. Dominic Ball's very experienced there, ex QPR, obviously. Humphreys, Evans, it's it's an area we are over stocked in so if you need to do something for financial fair play reasons with the wage bill and if you need to do something with regards to squad limits that is the obvious area you might look to move somebody out yeah a few, a few interesting names here chair in next week as says rodders hch with a light scott why we're debating that in telegram i'm not sure where you oh, fit I, but I guess it's kind of that upgrade situation He's, yeah yeah go on I'd have Adam as the as the backup. You know, if 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 Chaplin were to drop off, then you bring Twine straight in, and his goal contributions were phenomenal back down at um at Swindon. So I'd have definitely taken him. Yeah. Very specific prediction from Joe. I like this because see Jack Taylor getting a goal off the bench. Hopefully a long ranger. We've got. I remember <laughs> Sylvan Legwinski scoring a long oh, ranger, yeah. dipping he volley. Did. Gavin Williams, I think, has scored one there as well. So we've got some good pedigree of um here's a I'll put, i think i might have posted this if i haven't i'll put it on my twitter paul mason rocketed one on a tuesday night game as well against qpr away simon oh no it's fulham wasn't it yeah nearly but yeah we've got some long ranges at qpr so um yeah that'll be um that'd be one to look out for perhaps as well uh joe also asked can you see Raksaki signing alone now chris palace has signed alisa to a new contract i mean a lot of chat about Raksaki. i think Hodgson's not particularly keen to let him yeah. go, but there's about six teams in for him, isn't there? It's been going on forever, hasn't it? It seems like it's come down to be- between us and Leicester. And I think Hull will link, but now they've got Scott Twine. I, I, I presume they'll drop out of the race. I guess, yeah, I mean, if Hodgson, he's not going to feature in the Premier League, is he? But if they don't go out and do a bit of business, then potentially they might look to keep him in the building as a bit of a a bit of an option with the with the cup games they'll have coming up. I would take him. He plays on the right. You know, he wasn't that great for Charlton against us last April, but none of them were. We absolutely banned. We actually battered them, obviously. And if we can, you know, if we can look to, to, to bring him in, it'd be one that's done a right at the end of the window possibly on the last day if, um, if, we, if we can do it but i guess if you're gonna if you're looking at us and leicester leicester aren't overly strong in that right hand channel so he's probably thinking you know i've got a chance there to go and get a, a winner's medal on my cv so he might maybe opt towards that a little bit but i guess we've got geography and kieran mckenna in our favor so we do uh, some uh, some qpr long range coming in tom lawrence selena scored about fpl darren curry scored off the bench my first trip yeah to QPR, actually. Four two, was it? yeah great game um in the season where we should have got promoted so yeah yeah there's some good goals there and again if you check my twitter at ipswich i'm sure i've posted that darren curry goal before let's do some bits of um plugs i nearly said the word that we sometimes use for that um and then we'll get to your score predictions so please get those in either for the town game well for the town game and for anything else that you want in the championship program. As always, we're brought to you in partnership with our mates at the Greyhound Pub. Packed it was last weekend at Stoke. So the advice is get there early to get your ITFC Foundation burger. But yeah, do support the Greyhound. Fantastic pre-match venue. As always, we mentioned Telegram a few times with the transfer window slamming shut in a few weeks' time. Uh, perfect time to join the Telegram group. If you can't, if you're one of the many people who tried and failed to get QPR tickets, then the Blue Monday Telegram match day chat is a really good place to go to see what's going on from folk at the game or folk watching from abroad or listening on the radio. I got out of that one, I think. So, well, yeah, right. plenty going on, on on the match day chat and other stuff as well during the week as well. Uh, merch store, usual stuff. But do come back on Sunday 
flagship show, 8 p.m. We'll talk about QPR, um, all uh, the match action we will come back and discuss. Uh, so do join us live then. Do like and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, Seb, that's all. Should we do some predictions? Worth noting that uh, we lo- we both lost last week to Ed in the Telegram group, so that's as much as I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Ed won by Ed won by two points. None of us predicted a correct result, we, and you and I got three outcomes correct, including Ipswich beating Stoke. So, in terms of predictions, not a vintage week for the old predictions, folks. So we'll move it on and save us some time. Let's have a look what we've gone for this week and some picks and games out. Worth noting that Ben is doing a live watch along for Leeds v West Brom tomorrow night. So join him on his channel. I, I don't think you can really describe Plymouth v Southampton as a South Coast derby, but it's kind of a South Coast derby. That's happening on Saturday morning. Leicester v Cardiff, top near v near bottom. Borough, Huddersfield, Borough, really shaky start Started. so far, Awful, isn't it? It's going to be they? interesting yeah. to see if they can turn it around against another team that's predicted to struggle. Stoke, Watford, it'll be interesting to see how Stoke get on. Sunderland, another team struggling, have a hashtag winnable game v Rotherham. And then Norwich finish us off the weekend, them lot v Millwall. Um, anyone, any other games apart from ours? We'll finish with ours that you want to talk about there Seb if I leave that up on the screen just the interesting that you've gone for Plymouth to beat Southampton you kind of figure Plymouth's yeah. amazing home home record will will continue and and keep lasting a bit yeah I put it to you that Southampton aren't all that and I think Plymouth at home I know it's not a big a long trip for Southampton as, as much as it is for anyone's but I quite like Plymouth at home and I also think I need oh, to do lovely, something. To, lovely Plymouth fans, lovely. Yeah, Plymouth won the league. Them. Don't forget, don't forget, Plymouth won the league. But I just, th- I just had, had a feeling about that one. We'll see how I get on next week about that one. But yeah, there you go. Uh, any other controversial picks? I think we generally agree. Although, other than that, yeah, we're going for quite I mean, a big we, win for Southampton there, though three-one. And we've got yeah, defend. Well, only against Norwich. Are Norwich good? I think they're better. They're annoying, better than I thought they would be this season so far, which is a bit irritating. I kind of thought they'd be really, really poor, but I think they're better than I maybe thought they would be. We've both gone for Norwich victories on Sunday against Millwall, haven't we? So we're kind of Sheffield Wednesday. Think- Let's talk about the other prediction. I'm, I'm moving us on from Norwich deliberately, okay. so because Jules is going to get upset, and okay. I, I don't upset Jules. Um, you're predicting a Sheffield Wednesday win. Against yeah, I think Preston. against Preston. Yeah, I think it'll be tight, but I think they'll finally look to get their season up and running there. I just think you know Hillsborough can be a, you know when when the crowd's on it and stuff they 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 need a win because they started the season really really poorly. Preston are just a bit meh for me. Kind of went there in preseason. I wasn't impressed with them. So oh, yeah, I think yeah. Wednesday will get get up and running there the weekend. Let's finish on chat about us before we go to everyone in the chat. Your predictions do get them in now. And um, we're all like last week. There's a consensus of a narrow, well at least for you and I, a one yeah. goal victory. I'm predicting that QPR will shit house a goal. Uh, there I said it. Uh, well, Ainsworth a goal out of somewhere. There's, no, that's would be a set piece. I like you throw fans. or a... <laughs> <laughs> it was so long ago that we did this caveat that we please don't please don't put offensive comments in. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there's a goal for QPR there potentially. Um, but I predicted a clean sheet last week. I was the only one, I think, and you all laughed at me. Well, 
I got one point wow. for that one, like everyone else did. But yeah, you're going for a clean sheet and a narrow away I victory. I think so. it will be tight. These games between McKenna and Ainsworth have both finished one apiece, haven't they? Yeah. We've been one nil in his first game in charge. We lost one nil there last December. So they are traditionally tight games. I know we went there not so long ago and battered them four. Was it four one, four nil? But yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a tight game. I'm not sure it's going to be the most attractive of games so far compared to what we've been used to recently. But I think we'll go there. I think we'll be solid. I think we'll grind out the victory. And I think we'll still be top of the league come come five on Saturday which will be lovely won't it put that on your podcast obviously that 4-1 was that was a Paul Cook win yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't McKenna and and since then it's been kind of tighter and stuff and traditionally that game aside when the two sides meet it's never normally a goal fest is it we had a nil-nil we had a 1-1 we've had one nil victories for us one nil victory for them so it's not a game free-flowing of goals it'll be four all now you watch that there you go (laughs) yeah like Southampton Norwich Uh, Rushbit asks quick question who do you think we could bring in as a striker I, I, I shouted out earlier, but uh, we're, we're likely to do another kind of transfer targets video like we put out earlier in the week for the left centre-backs. So uh, Rushmere, um, place I bloody love. Uh, we will look at the frontline options, I think, in the next couple of weeks as well, certainly ahead of deadline day. So um, keep a lookout for that. Let's go have a look at the predictions. FBL going for a 4-2, um, rekindling the good old days of Oh, yeah, that's the... From 2-1 down, though. That's the Darren Curry game, isn't it? Wasn't that exactly what happened? I'm sure we were 2-1 down and then... Yeah, I think the they took me twice, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Paul Furlong with two, was it? Oh, yeah, that's last from the past. Uh, Collins going for a 2-0. Mike's going for a 4-0. Jules, 3-1. There you go, Jules. Um, Michael Michael is endorsing that. Chaplin, Wolfie again, and Burns. I like when people show us their work and give us the scorers. Rodders, 3-0. Uh, 2-0 says skip. Chaplin. Well, we're all so confident, aren't we? This is brilliant. Oh, yeah, 2-0. Uh, Patrick, hello, Patrick. 1-0 town. Be a hard game because we won't be allowed to play the game we want. That's what I think, yeah. With you, and then to contrast that, here's Neil with his 4 1. HCH town to nick it by the odd goal. Um, Rodders, where's the shirt, Seb? Uh, I've washed it. I washed it after last week because it was match worn and sweaty, and it's now sat somewhere in the bottom of a cupboard until. Why would I frame it? Frame it, probably. Phillips right. going for a 3 1. Mark going for a. Oh, here we go. Interesting, Mark. I might have a chat with you about Ladapo later on. Um, Jackson, we didn't even talk about Caden Jackson's impact last week. He's not in a start, Seb, but is he more likely to feature off the bench or is it Ladapo's physicality that we might favour? I think um, on the weekend you'll want physicality, won't you? Obviously, McKenna was able to spot that, you know, they wanted to stop Wilmot getting on the ball and Jackson was probably the best presser from the front in the club, so he made the, cha- the, the tactical change to bring him on. Surely against an Ainsworth side, they're not going to build from the back, are they? They're going to be ones to kind of, the centre-back's just going to launch it. So I think if you were to make a change, Hurst will kind of look to batter them for 60, 70 minutes and then you want to keep that kind of physicality, I would suggest, up against the uh, up against the centre back, so I, I would imagine it would be Ladapo. Jackson's probably more likely to come in on one of the wide positions, given that Kenneth Pohl, the left wing back, and Smythe, the right wing back, who is a winger out of position, might leave a bit of space in behind. There you go. Patrick's gone with even more working for me. 10 men QPR and harness with a leg. We're, we're predicting some impact off the bench. We're just predicting Mill to beat Norwich. Uh, Chevy are working on that one. <laughs> HCH Hull will turn over Blackburn. Yeah, a lot of positivity about Hull. Yeah. We mentioned uh, Scott Twang going there, but big win against Sheffield Wednesday last week. Um, and as HCH mentions, too many incomings at Wednesday will take them. Time to jail, new manager as well. Three one, three nil. Here's Seabass with a three nil to town, as he clarifies. <laughs> uh, FPL, I think FPL's just changed it. Didn't he say two four? 
I think he said, yeah, he said 4-2, two, 2-1 two, down, 4-2 victory, oh, and now he's changed. Oh, FPL. You've got to stick with your convictions. Unless mate, maybe he was it. referring to the Darren Curry game. Maybe it was an old comment from earlier in the chat. Perhaps. Are you blaming me for putting a wrong comment up on the screen? Yep. Are you then? Okay. Uh, HCH, no more 4-4, said my heart won't take it. Yeah, bad memories of 4-4s. Good shout, HCH. Um, uh, Kev Hansen, when did we last win at the shoebox? Uh, when was it, Seb? Quickly look it up. February it was 2016? 2010. Oh, at QPR? Yeah, I said six six visits without a win, wasn't it? Um, long old trip. Uh, long old trip isn't a long old trip. Long old time since a win. So let's finish with Stevens three one. A lot of three ones. Uh, we will a lot, find a lot out. of goals in these games in the predictions, aren't there? People think yeah. it's going to be quite kind yeah. of open stuff. We will find out next week. Check in back with us next week, and we'll check the results. Um, if you want a shout out or any last questions, now is the time. We'll be back in a second. any excuse to play the editor's song that's from the instrumental version for those of you who care nerd me uh, do join us back here on sunday at 8 p.m on the flagship show to go through the game and to discuss it we very much value your input your questions so do join us live in the chat if you're unable to do that we'll stick it on the podcast shortly thereafter as well thank you everyone who's joined a very busy chat tonight thank you everyone uh, don't forget to pop us a thumbs up that really helps us out on the old youtube algorithms that everyone loves us talking about as well and don't forget to subscribe as well we're here every single week talking ahead of the game and afterwards as well blue monday itfc.co.uk is our website yes we have a website and on there you'll find the link to the telegram group and a link to our merch store and everything else the pod feeds on various different services etc etc and do join us over on telegram if you haven't already there you go um, Seb, any last words? I've got to continue my record of signing you, out, don't I? So, yeah, you have to do it because we, we flip it around. No, we flip it around when the results change. So for now, you carry the torch and you can keep going. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for your research. Thank you to everybody. It's a great time to be a, a town fan. Hopefully more positivity the weekend. Leeds is on the horizon next weekend. So I'm sure you and me will be back next week. And yeah, if we triggered Stoke last week, I'd dread to think what we can do to the Leeds fan base in uh, in seven days' time. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited we'll think about of that already. Something. Yeah. Um, and if you're a QPR fan, you made it to the end. Um, good on you, frank- frankly. Be um, gentle. Do let us know in the comments if you've got any more insights, and hopefully we uh, we didn't go too far wrong as well. Thank you, everyone, for watching, and we'll see you soon. Come on, you blues. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.